Welcome to Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage, the show that gives you a chance to hang with today's top contemporary jazz artists. I'm your host, Carl Brown. Hey, welcome to the show today, everybody. We're excited to have today's guest with us. He is an L.A.-based guitarist who has eight albums to his credit. His music bridges jazz, R&B, and funk and soul, and he worked with some of the top artists in the genre like Najee and Gerald Albright. He's played some of the country's top jazz festivals and is becoming known for his high-energy stage shows. Please welcome to today's show, Mr. David P. Stevens. David, thank you for taking time to join us today, man. Oh, wow, Carl. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, man, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure to have you today. So you already have eight albums to your credit, and you've played some of the biggest events and worked with some of the top names. Where would you say your career is right now? Wow, I feel like it's actually growing. There are points in your career where it's like maybe it's kind of stalled out or those points where you're reaching, you're like, you know, I want to do more. And I feel like, you know, it's coming now. It's growing instead of waning. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good thing. That's a really, really good thing. So how did that journey to becoming a musician start for you? Wow. So let's see, how long do we have? (laughs) We got time. (laughs) I started out in church. My father is a pastor. And so it was really interesting. He would, it's whoever didn't show up is the instrument that you played that Sunday. Wow. And so I started out playing drums. We got a drummer, then all kinds of different instruments. And then finally I landed on guitar and uh, just fell in love with guitar. And so from then on, just, man, just grew and grew. I can't tell you how many people that we have on the show who got their start in the church. It seems like so many artists get their start in the church. And so many, like you, have a parent or a very close relative who was the pastor of the church that they got started. Right. So I can tell in listening to your music, it's really evident that you've been influenced by a lot of different genres of music. So why is it that you chose to choose the smooth jazz lane? So it's interesting. Yes. And I was one of those kids who I was consumed by music. It was like every genre, it didn't even matter. And I would sit there sometimes Instead of going out to play, my dad had a bunch of records, just stacks and stacks, and I would make my own radio shows and stuff. So (laughs) I had all those influences in my head. And then my guitar teacher said one day, hey, man, I want you to check out George Benson. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll I'll check him out. And man, I fell in love. And then I remember being home from school one day, and my dad was like, well, I'm going to the mall, and I don't want you to stay by yourself. Come with me. So I went, and Norman Brown's album was in the record store. And man, I put that album on and it completely changed my life. I mean, I wore it out, (laughs) wore the cassette out. (laughs) So yeah, that's how I fell on smooth jazz. That's cool. That's cool. Well, I tell you, you mentioned two of the greats, you know, George Benson and Norman Brown. Who are some of your your other musical influences? Oh, wow. George Duke, of course, Stevie Wonder, Quincy Jones, you know, that whole era. And then I like a lot of the new producers. I also was heavy in a rap when I was a kid. So, and here's a funny one. People don't know Burt Bacharach. Yes. I just literally melt when I listen to Burt Bacharach's productions. <laughs> we have that in common. I love Burt Bacharach. Oh my goodness. I can sit and I can listen to Burt Bacharach all the time. And it's funny how you mentioned him because there's so many artists like that. Like last night I was listening to James Taylor. Oh yeah. Love James Taylor. I mean, just the words and the songs and how he composes songs. And that's a cool thing. And I tell people sometimes that, like, who don't understand what smooth jazz is, those people who think it's elevator music, I tell them, pick any artist from any genre of music 
And I guarantee you, I can point you to somebody. If you like, tell me somebody you like from another genre, I can point you to somebody in the smooth jazz world that you'll like to, based on who you tell me you like from another genre. Yes, you're right. You're right. And you can clearly hear all of our influences. You're right. Absolutely. So what was it like for you the first time you heard one of your songs on the radio, man? I went probably a little crazy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We were in Philadelphia and we were driving down the street and they have a jazz station, WJJZ. And uh, Michael Tazi is the promoter and he he announced my song and I was just going crazy. I was like, oh my goodness, wait, everybody listen, you know. And the kids were going crazy and all, so it was, <laughs> it was beautiful. That's cool. <laughs> that is cool. Well, let's take a listen to one of your songs that people are hearing on the radio now. This is Shake It Off. Cool. Oh, yeah, featuring Elon Trotman. All right. Shake it off. 
All right. And that was Shake It Off by today's guest, David P. Stevens. So, David, when you're making music, when you're creating, what is your process like? It always starts with, I mean, it's different. Sometimes it'll be a melody. Sometimes I'll hear a chord structure and be like, oh, wow, that's cool. Sometimes it may even be just be a drum pattern or something, and then the idea will spark. But uh, most oftentimes, it's a melody. And because I listen to so much music still, things will pop in my head all the time. So usually that's how I get started. Is there a favorite part of the process for you or a least favorite part of the process for you? I love when at the end of when it starts to all come together. It's great. I love the whole process because you have to sit there and really fine tune. It's like a painter. Yeah, yeah. You're painting on this white canvas. And as the picture starts to come together, that's usually my favorite moment of the song. Okay, okay. What is it? Like you talked about it being a process and talking about as it's starting to come together. Like, how do you know when you're comfortable with releasing this thing that you create to the world, this music that you create to the world? There comes a point when I have to stop (laughs) because I'll just keep on fine-tuning and tweaking and adding and stuff like that. And then you just know. It's hard to explain, but it's like a feeling where you know, like, okay, it's time to let it go. You've done all you can, and anything else now at this point will be over-processed. Okay, okay. (laughs) Got to just let it go. Do you bring (laughs) others into that part of the process? Is that a call you make on your own? You're like, okay, yeah, now I know it's time to go. Or do you ask for other ears to help you along in that? That's interesting. Very interesting question. Usually, it's my own ears. Because I feel like I have a statement to make. And so I usually know what statement I want to make by the beginning of the song. And so once I've reached it at the end, then I can say, okay, yeah, that was good, you know. Yeah. Sometimes bringing other people into the process can kind of kill your original idea. Because everybody has their own thing that they want to hear. And so for me, I need to be able to get out exactly what was in my head. Yeah, understand. That's cool. That's cool. So you're really making a name for yourself in terms of your live performances. You know, everybody knows you for having very high energy live performances. So how do you go about preparing for for those live shows? Oh, wow. These days, just doing a lot of practicing. Like sometimes I'll stand in my studio by myself and just kind of like go over how it's going to look or how I want to present it. And actually, not just sometimes, all the time. That's, That's how I do it. So, yeah, I think that people don't understand sometimes how much practice goes into what you all do. Oh, yeah. So much practice. Yeah. And that practice is what like if you don't practice, you can't get out on that stage and be confident. Exactly. Exactly. And also going to concerts. I try to go to fresh concerts all the time and I don't just go to jazz concerts. I go to R&B concerts and rock concerts, wherever I can learn and see what other artists are doing to keep it fresh. That's important, too. Yeah. So when you go to concerts, are you able to enjoy them? Or are you there with your hat on and your pen and your pad and you like, oh, I saw that and I love that. I got to incorporate that. Or are you able to enjoy them? I do both. Usually, yeah, I enjoy the concert and I'm taking notes. Okay. Okay. One of my favorite people to see on the jazz side in concert is Gerald Albright. I learned a lot by watching him. Most guitar players watch guitar players. I happen to watch you know, everybody. So. <laughs> he's just so full of energy and the way he moves the crowd and stuff. So I love that. And then on the R&B side, uh, Thundercat, I love seeing him perform live. It's just so many people. Yeah. What was the last one you went to? Last show you went to? The last show I went to was a guy named Tame Impala. He's a kind of like R&B slash pop artist. And that was actually like about two weeks ago. Okay. Okay. 
get, get to shows off. Well, I know with COVID, it kind of stopped us all from going. But now that like pre-COVID, was that one of the things you did a lot of going to other people's shows or? Yes, yes, absolutely. And now that things are starting to subside a little bit, I'm going out to more and more shows. And I'm looking forward to LA all the way opening it back up again so I can really sit and learn. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is there an artist that you are just dying to see that you've never seen before? Let's see. I really want to see Layla Hathaway perform live. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many. I, I'm looking forward to Bruno Mars. At some point, I want to see Stoke Sonic perform. The list is just long. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You got one of mine, Bruno Mars or Silk Sonic. I'd love to see them. Yeah, another one that's high on my list that I would love to see is Lenny Kravitz. Oh. Next time Lenny is touring, I don't care where it is. I'm getting on an airplane and I'm going. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, I haven't seen him. I definitely want to see him perform live. I know he's incredible. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm really looking forward to. Talk to us about what that feeling is like when you're up there on stage and you see people just really getting into and enjoying your music. How does that make you feel? It's like a shot of energy. It's like an energy boost. When the crowd is with you, you just feel like you're almost invincible. Like in my younger years, I used to jump off the stage. Oh, wow. Yeah, I used to like get so excited and I jump off the stage and run out into the audience. Funny enough, one time I did that, I hurt my knees. I haven't been able to do it ever since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I jumped off the stage in Maryland and didn't realize that how high the stage was. I never looked. And so... I said, I'm coming down there with y'all. And I put my guitar down. I ran. I jumped off the stage. And I, to tell you how big the stage was, I had enough time to think on the way down. Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so by the time I hit the ground, oh, my gosh, I was praying. It hurt so bad. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, so I don't do that anymore. I walk off the stage. Man. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, Father yeah. Time has a way of catching up on all of us with stuff like that. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he said, enough of that, Dave. That's all. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. So, David, we do this thing on every show. This segment we do is called Bout It or Doubt It, okay? Okay. So, if you're about it, it's something you like. If you doubt it, it's something that you're just not feeling. Are you down for playing? I'm down. Let's go. All right, let's do this. I started yeah, this body body. If you bout it, get him up. I mean you body body. I mean you body body. I represent. I doubt it. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to spin the wheel to get you a category. All right. So let's spin the wheel. Okay. All right, David. Your category is food and beverage, and we are going to do a holiday edition because we got the holidays right around the corner here. Oh, right. So, bout it or doubt it? Eggnog. Oh, about it. You bout it. Okay, okay. You got anything going in that eggnog, or are you taking it straight like as it is? Ah, uh, man, just some milk and try to thin it out. But that's okay. about it. Okay. I'm not putting any alcohol in it. Okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. See, I don't drink it, but you know what I do with it? I make French toast with it. Mm. I make French toast with it. I love French toast. I don't like it real eggy. And I don't know how I happened upon it a few years ago. But now that's the one thing I do over the holidays with eggnog. I don't drink it, but I make French toast with it. Oh, wow. You just gave us something to try. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Check sure. it out. Check it out. Now, don't come looking for me if you don't like it, but I like it. It, it tastes pretty good to me. <laughs> so, all right, let's do one more. Bout it or doubt it. Okay. Pumpkin pie. 
depends. That's okay. a hard one. Okay. <laughs> got to be right. It got to taste like sweet potato pie. So there I'm you go. Between about doubt. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I doubt it because it's more stringy and kind of like than sweet potato pie. It's not as smooth. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny how that's one of the things that, you know, depending on your culture, boy, pumpkin pie versus sweet potato pie. Like, in a lot of cases, there is no comparison. You know, like, my mother, God rest her soul, man, I ain't had a sweet potato pie like hers since she passed away, man. I've been looking and looking and looking, and I still haven't found one, so. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah, um, that's, it's made with love. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to have to say doubting on that one, because sweet potato pie, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I know exactly where you're coming from, man. Well, let's play some more of your music from his Evolution release. This is David P. Stevens with Brighter Day.
right, y'all. You just heard David P. Stevens with his cut, Brighter Day. So I got to ask you this question. What does the P stand for in your name, man? Man, it's so funny. Everybody makes up all kind of stuff. Party, P-Funk, <laughs> just all kind of stuff. But it's just Paul. It's okay, Paul. <laughs> okay, okay. And yeah. that's not that common of a thing for an artist to have to utilize a middle initial. What made you decide to utilize your middle initial? My first manager, actually, she said, you know, I need you to set apart. Just David Stevens is not going to work. So she said, I need you to put the P. And at first, she used to do the whole David Paul, and I didn't want that. So then we just kept the P. Because <laughs> it is distinctive. I mean, yeah. it is distinctive, definitely. So talk to everybody about, like, when you're in that zone musically, what is that like for you? Wow. In those moments, it's usually like, it's funny because it's fresh because just last night I'm working on a new album and I was in there and it's just like everything shuts out. All I hear is the music. All I hear is where I'm trying to go in those moments. I love those moments. Usually it's late at night. It's really quiet. Nothing around. And then I just turn up and go. What would you say inspires you? Like, do you get your inspiration from similar things or different things? Or is it depending upon what kind of project you're working on? Or It's always depending on the project. I think at the very beginning of the album, I start to think about what I want it to sound like. I don't want my albums to sound the same. I don't want any time you pick up one album for you to say, oh, that sounds just like the next one. And so I craft those carefully. And so each song, I'm like, okay, is this matching the vision? Is it matching, you know, what I dream of? And just kind of go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you are from Philadelphia. Yes, sir. And you recently moved to L.A. Right. How has that transition been for you? And what caused you to make that transition? <laughs> so I love it. So there's a few things. One, obviously, like, you know, the music and film industry are here. So there's a lot more work and a lot more people to connect with. But also, just the sunshine and the beach and all of those things, man, those are things that in my 40s, I'm like, <laughs> I want to experience more of that than the snow. So it's beginning. Also, my kids have an opportunity to see something different. It was good for me, too. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's cool. Have you been able to crack into the music business as well? as, Or not the music business, but the film business, I should say. Not the film business. I'm really trying. I have a team that we're working very hard to try to get our songs placed in films and television. But yeah, I mean, as far as like music business, yes, definitely doing sessions and playing around town and hanging out with people and stuff like that. So it's, it's pretty cool. Are there any artists who you play session for that you can tell people? Uh, yeah, I did a quick show on the road with Leslie Odom Jr. Oh, cool. Yeah, I just recorded a Aretha Franklin tribute with Damian Sneed, who's like a world-renowned jazz artist. And we just did that. Selena Albright, when she came to town, we recorded and produced some stuff together. Just a lot of people, yeah. As they come through, we just work. Okay. Like, does that happen, like, organically? Or are these relationships you've had? Or... Like, are they like people come to town and have heard your music? Are they seeking you out? How does that all come together? Yeah, I would say it's more like that. Like, they know me, so they're calling and like, yo, man, I heard, I know you're in town, so come do this session or come play on this spot. And so it works like that. And usually, like, because I write and produce for other artists, usually they'll call ahead and just say, you know, I'm coming, so book some time and, and let's go. Okay, okay. How much are you involved in? Like, I, I think one of the things that I learned from different artists is that there's different degrees that they're involved in the business side of making music, which is a uh, takes a lot of time, right? How much are you involved in that side of making music? 
I'm heavily involved. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I actually went to school for, I got my master's degree in business with an entertainment and music focus. And yeah, very, very heavily interested in how the money flows in this industry and why certain people are left out and certain people aren't and why they leave money on the table so much. And so I'm very, I'm an advocate for fair pay and all of that stuff. So yeah, very heavily into it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think that's really smart. I was talking to, I think you've worked with him, Julian Vaughn, oh, yeah. not that long ago. Yeah. Another really good dude. And he was talking about that very thing, about how he is intimately involved in the business side of the music because that's so many things originate there. And if you're not handling that side of the music, then it's hard to be at your best on the creative side of the music. Absolutely. A lot of musicians just play. They're happy just to get a check and just to get some exposure and stuff like that. But this is a business. This is how I feed my family and I take it seriously. Yeah, yeah. That's good to see. And hopefully more artists will begin to do that. So we're going to play another song. This one is off of your Vibrations release. We're going to take a listen to I Just Can't Wait. Oh, cool. Great tour, but I can't take one. 
second more Gonna throw my bags down on the floor Kiss your lips when I walk through that door I just can't wait to get home to you, yeah Yeah I just can't wait to get home to you yeah. And there will be lots of kissing and hugging Again, our guest today, David P. Stevens with I Just Can't Wait. So you've been on the Billboard Top 10 a few times now. What was that like the first go around? Wow. Uh, I have a very good friend of mine, Lynn Roundtree. Yeah. I know you've heard of Lynn. Yeah. And Lynn's going to be on our show in a couple weeks. Oh, that's my brother right there. <laughs> and right. he was sitting in my studio and he said, he listened to the song. The first song was called For the Wind that went to the Billboard charts. And he said, Dave, this song is going to go to the top of the charts. And I had not had any success in radio at that point. I had a lot of fails. And he shook his head and he said, no, this one is top 10. And sure enough, it went to number seven on the charts. It was a very exciting time. Very exciting. I can't describe, you know, the feeling. And then the second time was uh, Phil Denny featured me on a song called Feel All Right. And that song went all the way to number two on the Billboard chart. So it's been an amazing, that feeling is. <laughs> That's awesome. It's interesting. You mentioned two guys that are going to be on our show in a few weeks. Oh, cool. Both Lynn and Phil. So both Lynn and Phil are going to be on the show in a few weeks. Man, please tell them I said hello. I definitely will, man. I definitely will, man. So what is something your fans would be surprised to learn about you, David? Wow. What would they be surprised? Let's see. So I'm a family guy, 100%. I'll leave shows and get right back on the plane so I can get home to see my kids and go to my son's games, stuff like that. I love sports, playing sports. I played sports for many, many years. Okay. Yeah, I played football. I swam. What else did I do? Played baseball a little bit, basketball a lot. My knees are shattered, but I'm still out there. (laughs) (laughs) You got to put a little Bengay on them now or a little Icy Hot now? Oh, man, that won't even help, man. That would just be a joke. (laughs) 
but I can't stop because I just love it. Oh, I used to do a lot of running too. I ran a couple 10K races. Wow. And you know, I'm a big guy, but I don't let that don't stop me from anything. I man, I ran those races. So that's fantastic, man. And I suppose being in LA, that helps keep that active lifestyle. Cause in Philly, sometimes you had to hibernate in December and January. And in LA, you can get out all the time. Right, right. Definitely. Oh, speaking of that, hiking. Yeah. Haven't been able to do as much lately because of the climate, but when I first got here, man, it was like every other weekend. Wow. Big hikes. Good for you, man. Good for you. And is your family into hiking and things like that, too? Is that something you do as a family? or My wife is. We tried to get the kids into it, but they just weren't feeling it. They were just like, nah, man, y'all got this playing around <laughs> in the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you can't always read. They're not always willing to go along with everything mom and dad want to do. No, no, they were. So tell us, what's playing in your ride right now? Who are you listening to in your ride? I was listening to in that Silk Sonic album all weekend. I couldn't take it off the player. So uh, listening to that, I'm a big Babyface fan, so I constantly listen to a lot of his music and stuff like that. And that's spinning now. And Boys the Men, that's spinning in my in my player. Yeah. You know, what is it about Babyface? Like, I hear so many musicians talk about being Babyface fans. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just the way he wrote songs. You uh -huh. know, every song from his biggest hits, they get right to the heart. Yeah. Even musically. So to me, he's in that same position as Burt Bacharach and Quincy Jones and people like that. I put him on that same level. Yeah, that's pretty serious. That's pretty serious. Yeah, yeah. So him and, and Raphael Sadiq. Yeah, Raphael Sadiq. I was watching a TV show the other day and Raphael Sadiq had done the music, and I was like, I was listening to the music, and I was like, man, this music is great, and then they ran the credits, and I was like, oh, Raphael Sadiq. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's amazing, too, how people like that who, it's just a different level of gift that they have. They can put things together in a way that other people can't. You listen, like, the people you mentioned, I mean, on my way over here, I was listening to the radio, and the song Anniversary from Tony, Tony, Tony came on. And I'm just listening to that song thinking, man, this is a masterpiece. Masterpiece, yes. I mean, everything about it. The lyrics, the tonality, the, the musicianship, man, the singing, everything about that song is just a masterpiece. So, yeah, it's amazing how people just have that gift, man. Mm -hmm. So we're rolling into the Thanksgiving and Christmas season. Do you have a favorite holiday? I love Christmas. Yeah, I okay. really do. Thanksgiving is cool, too. I'm not a big soul food eater, so uh -huh. that part of it kind of gets lost on me. But I love, man, Christmas is like everything for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's Christmas like in your household? Oh, man, lots of music, kids putting up the tree. I have three kids, so, and then my wife is real holiday spirit, too. So it's a great family time for us. Great time to build, just kind of sit around, chill, eat, talk, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Christmas is my favorite as well, and for a lot of the same reasons, you know, so many fond memories growing up, Christmas time, but then also to, you know, the fact that every year we're making some new and different memories too. So that's a cool thing. I love Christmas as well. Yeah, for sure. So there's a couple of questions I'd like to ask everybody who's on the show. I'm going to throw those at you right now, man. Okay. The first question is, what are your three favorite albums of all time? That is always so hard. <laughs> Let's see, one, off the top of my head, I would say Face the Music from George Duke. That's one. Okay. Oh, George Duke had another one called I Love the Blues, She Hears My Cry. That's another one. And then I would have to say Stevie Wonder's Songs in the Key of Life 
is one that I played to death as well. Yeah. So <laughs> Stevie makes the list for a lot of people. Right. <laughs> Stevie makes the list for a lot of people. So I'm not surprised. He would definitely be on my list as well. So I always felt like, and I've said this before on the show, I always felt like back in the day, buying a Stevie Wonder, I'm dating myself, buying a Stevie Wonder album was an investment. It wasn't just buying something because you just, it seemed like on every cut, there was something that you would get off of every one of Stevie's records, man. For sure. Yeah. I mean, he just, man, such an incredible guy. Yeah. And he still pops up on people's concerts and stuff like that. You know, in L.A., it's nothing for him to be at an event and just show up. Really? Just walk on the stage. Okay. Mm -hmm. I take it you've experienced that yourself. One time. And Uh I was, I didn't get to see him. I had performed at Long Beach Jazz Festival and he just showed up. No kidding. I was interviewing on one side of the wall. He was on the direct opposite side of the wall and I was interviewing somebody else and I didn't get to meet him. And Uh, I didn't know until after it was over. So yeah, that's my almost. Yeah, yeah. Have never had a chance to meet him. (laughs) Have seen him in concert a couple of times and love him. Would love a chance to meet him at some point in time. So, okay, other question I got for you. You can invite any three people, living or deceased, to a dinner party. Who's coming to David P. Stevens' dinner party? Mm. I don't know. I think I definitely would invite Babyface. Uh-huh. Because I want him to be my mentor. So, <laughs> let's see, who else? Quincy Jones. I would sit down with Quincy Jones. And also... Politically, I think I would really love to sit down with Martin Luther King. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, the conversation would be amazing. And so that's one sure. yeah. No doubt. Yeah, that's a good list, man. That's a really good list. Some Be some real good music, some real good discussion, some deep discussion that crosses mm-hmm. decades and decades of what's going on in the world. That would be a cool time. That would be a real cool time. So you told us that you are working on your new album. You want to tell us a little bit about that project and when we can expect it, what that project's all about and when we can expect to start hearing that project? Right. So I'm hoping to release it in June, somewhere around June, July. It's going to be a different one this time. Every project I do, I try to make it different, but this one, I'm trying to fuse R&B, like adult contemporary R&B and jazz together and make it into like one thing. And so... There'll be a lot of vocals on this album. It's just a very musical album as well. Do you sing as well? I do. So the song, I Just Can't Wait, that was me singing. That's you uh, singing. singing. Okay. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Yep. So I do a lot of singing, especially in shows these days. Yeah, good. Good, good, good. Well, I tell you, man, I can't wait to get a chance to see you live in a show. I've seen videos of your live shows, but I haven't got a chance to see you in person yet. And so I look forward to being able to do that. Tell me what you've got other than working on your new album and dropping that in June. What else has gone on for you next year? So I've been doing a lot of writing and production for other artists. Oh, great. Yeah. So that's actually the reason I moved out here mainly was to do more of that, to do writing and production for artists. So a lot of those songs will be surfacing, you know, and just continuing to reach out to try to get my stuff in movies and all of that. So I'm praying that that process will be worth it and the stuff will actually start to get into some films but you're going to see a lot more of my production start to surface that's awesome any artists you can tell us about that you're working with well i'll tell you one that actually you probably play now selena albright has a song called jenny yeah that she's performing i wrote and produced that song oh great yeah and then she had a song called holding on i was one of the writers in that song just yeah she and i work together a lot 
So we'll probably be doing some more things. And then just like D. Lucas, I wrote and produced one of his big songs. And he and I, we got like three other ones coming up. That's great. Tony Exum Jr. Yeah. Yeah, Tony's got, he's got some big things going on. And uh, he and I just did some stuff. I don't know if you've heard of Terry Tobin. I have not heard of Terry. No, I have to check that out. She's a soul artist, and we have a song coming out called Curves. There's a lot of stuff going on. Good, good, good. Well, man, with all that you have going on, man, I really appreciate the fact that you took a little time today to chop it up with us and let us into your life and your career a little bit, man. We look forward to seeing you out on the road. We look forward to hearing your new album when it drops and continuing to listen to the great music you've put out. And I have no doubt that I'm going to be watching a movie or TV show one of these days soon. And See them credits and see your name up there because they can't keep talent down, man. I'm sure you'll be on there soon, brother. So keep it on. I sure will. I sure will. Thank you so much. All right, man. You have a great rest of your day. We really appreciate having you on the show today, David. All the best. You got it. Thanks again, Carl. Appreciate you. That's our show for this week. Be sure to check out our website, freshcoastjazz.com, to sign up for our email list so you can stay up on what's going on with contemporary jazz. We'll see you next time on Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage. <laughs>